0: He's got connections, from actors and athletes to comedians and world-class musicians. Hey, Andy Hall. His contact list is jam-packed with some of the most recognizable names in entertainment. And every week, Andy Hall's bringing them to you on the Laser Airwaves. This week in Andy's Hall Pass. I'm joined by a member of Dirty Honey, who are headlining Laser's Rock Girl Pageant the night of Wednesday, December 4 at Woolies. Bassist Justin Smolian is my guest. Hey, Andy. How's it going? Good. How are you, man? Oh, pretty good. How about yourself? Doing well. Thanks for asking. Hey, before we get started here, I did say your last name correct. It is Smolian, right? Yes. Oh, good. Okay. I'm kind of a perfectionist when it comes to uh, pronunciations.
1: Well, you nailed it. A lot of people don't.
0: Well, I'm glad I got it anyway. I, On the side, I do some PA work for a local hockey team, so I uh, always want to make sure and get the names right.
1: Oh, nice. You should be talking to our singer, Mark, then. He's a huge hockey guy. Oh, is he? Yeah.
0: Oh, that's cool. Well, maybe we'll connect when you guys come to town.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited for the show.
0: Well, it's our first live look at Dirty Honey here in Central Iowa, Wednesday, December 4th, the band headlining Lasers Rock Girl Pageant that evening downtown at Woolies. Tough gig, but somebody's got to do it, Justin.
1: Yeah, I mean, I guess if we have to do it, we'll do it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's not Guns and Roses in Vegas or anything, right?
1: You know, but I think there'll be more half-naked girls at this than there were at Guns N' Roses. <laughs>
0: Oh, uh, you know, that opening slot had to be, like, hitting the jackpot for you guys.
1: Uh, Yeah, I mean, especially especially for me and John, the guitar player, because, like, Guns N' Roses is definitely, like, one of our favorite bands, so... We are kind of freaking out when we found out the news.
0: Back in May, you opened for The Who, a similarly big spot for a relative newcomer to the national scene. When these opportunities present themselves, Justin, and you're sharing a stage with legendary bands in front of so many new eyes and ears, first impressions are so important. So how do you prepare in the lead-up to those sorts of events?
1: Uh, We try to not treat them any different than we would any other gig, because you don't want to be nervous before you go on stage. Um, the Who was our first time playing in an arena, so that was like a new experience for us. I don't know how you really prepare for that. It was awesome. And, you know, with Guns N' Roses, we'd, we'd been out on the road with Slash, so we already knew some of the crew because um, they'd been out with Slash. So that was cool. And The Who was actually, for me, it was really nice because I was walking around talking to my girlfriend on the phone backstage, and Pete Townsend walked off the stage and pointed at me, and, like, I walked over to him and he tells me, Oh, you look like a musician. And I was like, oh, my God, thank you. Um, And I was like, oh, yeah, I'm actually opening up for you tonight. Um, He didn't even know who the opener was. But it it was really cool to just, like, chat with him for, like, a few minutes before we played. And just the fact that he thought I looked like a musician, I was like, okay, I must be doing something right.
0: Isn't it funny to see these people in person? First and foremost, it's sort of like the stature of these people. Some are taller than you think they'd be, some are shorter, or even just, you know, to see them in person, they're actually three-dimensional.
1: Yeah, I mean, like, Roger Daltrey, we met him, too, after the show, and he he was, like, he was shorter than me, and I'm kind of short. So that was surprising, because he's got such a big presence. And, um, yeah, Pete just was, like, kind of like a nice grandpa. When I like saw him walking over, I was like, oh, okay.
0: That's unbelievable. Yeah, dudes can still bring it, though, right?
1: Dude, they were awesome. And it was so cool. We got to watch their sound check. They were really nice to us. Um, and the, their manager loved us, too. We ended up talking with, with him for like half an hour after the show. That, that was a cool crew.
0: That doesn't suck making connections like that for future reference either, I suppose.
1: No, he was texting our manager like, oh, the boys have a new manager. Like, just just busted his balls but it it was
0: super fun (laughs) (laughs) you know as great as these opening slots are i'm sure being on a headlining run like you are now i imagine feels pretty good
1: i mean if i'm being honest we we played denver a couple nights ago and uh it was our first sold out show and i had more fun doing that than guns and roses you know like everybody knew all the lyrics to our songs like they were all there for us it was all dirty honey t-shirts in the the audience you know we did we weren't trying to win anybody over like they were it was, just, it was
0: so fun. Dirty Honey bassist Justin Smolian is my special guest. The band are making their Central Iowa concert debut December 4th as part of Lasers Rock Girl pageant happening that evening at Woolies. Let's talk about the EP, Justin. Six songs released back in March of this year and featuring one that would eventually reach the top of the active rock charts in When I'm Gone. For an unsigned band, that is literally unheard of. What an achievement.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it was definitely way farther than we expected it to. Um, we, yeah, we all, we, we, none of us thought that would actually happen, especially because we don't have a record deal. So it's, it's been a pretty unbelievable ride, you know, since March and, uh, it's cool. We recorded the, the record back in November of last year in, uh, Byron Bay, Australia with our producer, uh, And he, he's a legend. He'd worked with like Rage Against the Machine and Pearl Jam and so pilots, like, a lot of our favorite bands. Uh, so that was just like a magical experience, even making it, and then to see it do so well—it's just, uh, I mean, it's, it's a dream come true.
0: Yeah, he is a very well-known name, uh, first as an engineer and now as a producer, of course. And uh, yeah. boy, he's been a part of some incredible sessions. I imagine he's got stories for days.
1: Oh, and it, yeah, and he, it, he, because he's such a legend, he's so like calm and like you can't really like you can't really get upset or anything. Um, and I have a very specific bass tone, and I told him what I was going for because I'm a big Rage Against the Machine fan, so I wanted kind of a Tim Comerford sound. I'm also a Muse fan, and I told him what I wanted, and when I got there, like, the sound was already there waiting for me. Oh, wow. So that, that was really cool.
0: Oh, wow. So you've got to be over the moon that that band is getting back together.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'm super excited. I really hope uh, I at least get to see them, if not play a show with them
0: it's well it's kind of a dream come true if you think about it first guns and roses now rage against the machine what other band would you like to see come back you know like wow
1: i i mean i i don't even know those those are two of my favorite bands yeah i mean everybody else i want to see come back uh somebody's dead in the band i think
0: yes i know right uh yeah. Oh, yeah i've got so many of those now but there are a few out there and i, I feel like uh you know if i just keep putting it out there maybe it'll happen
1: I I so. I mean, it's a good time for rock. I think bands want to get back together because the climate's right now.
0: I agree with that. You know, rock music in general has seen a a resurgence of those, like, blues-based big guitar bands that drove much of the 70s and 80s. And uh, I consider myself an eternal optimist when it comes to the health and future of the genre because of bands like Dirty Honey that are waving that flag now. Oh, thanks, man. Appreciate that. Growing up in the LA scene with all the history of the Sunset Strip and how it became a launch point for so many notable names over the past 40 plus years, I'm sure competition to get noticed is pretty fierce. What's it like to know that Dirty Honey is now standing out in that crowd and you're becoming a part of that legend?
1: I mean, it's super cool. Um, And it's kind of funny, like, you know, I'm like an LA native, so like, I played the Sunset Strip since I was a kid, and like Dirty Honey actually did, never did the Sunset Strip. We mostly played bars out in Santa Monica. So it's kind of cool that now that we're actually going to do that whole scene, like people actually want to come because it, it's tough, man. Like I played in a lot of bands, like it, it's pay to play on like, you know, the Whiskey A Go Go and Go-Go a lot of these clubs, and you end up spending money to play a gig there. And it's just, I know it's legendary, but like, you know, when you're a young kid trying to, like, start a band, it's just, it's kind of depressing.
0: Yeah, I get that. That's that's why it's so notable that you've gotten to this place that you are now. You mentioned Santa Monica. It's kind of a cool story, and I've heard this before, but kind of uh, dive a little deeper into the uh, genesis of this band, if you could. It all started with, like, a, a jam session outside of a club, right?
1: Uh, well, Mark met John, um, yeah, at a bar in—not at a bar, at a club in Santa Monica. He, uh, The drummer of the band at the time— it wasn't Dirty Honey, it was different. And um, invited John to sit in, and he sat in, and Mark liked his playing better than the other guitar player. Um, so they kind of started doing like cover gigs and kind of doing stuff together. And um, I met John separately at a jam session at a house we both ended up living at in, um, in the San Fernando Valley of LA. And he, we were working with another drummer actually at the time, the three of us, and writing a lot of music. And he brought us into the band. Um, they had a different bass player and drummer at the time and then that drummer quit and I knew Corey from doing other gigs around town so I brought Corey in and what Corey was in, uh, we changed the name and started writing new songs, and um, that's kind of how the band came about.
0: Been a very exciting 2019 for that band, and it looks to be wrapping up at Lasers Rock Girl Pageant Wednesday, December fourth at Woolies. You've been experiencing a whole lot of firsts along the way in 2019. How hard is it to truly enjoy the ride with such a hectic itinerary?
1: Uh, it's pretty hard. I'm, you know, we're we're miserable some of the time. You know, there's all no, like. Like Especially some of these tours that we've been doing, like we're chasing buses in a, in a Sprinter van. So we're waking up early in the morning, driving a few hours, getting to the gig, loading in, playing, selling merch. We sell our own merch. So we stay to the very end of the night selling our merch and then drive another couple of hours to the hotel, get to the hotel at 3 in the morning, sleep a few hours, get up and do it again. And our first tour was like that every day for like 30 days straight. So, wow. But it's, it's, taught, it's taught us a lot and it's made us a better band. So I'm not complaining. But I'm looking forward to December. I think your gig is actually uh, our last gig of the year, so I'm excited to have a couple weeks off.
0: Oh, that's phenomenal. That's great news. The last date of a tour is always the best, isn't it?
1: Oh, yeah. It's going to be sick. And you guys have put together uh a... well, can you tell me a little bit more about the show,
0: actually? Well, sure, man. What do you want to know? I mean, it's our Rock Girl pageant. We uh, we have 10 finalists all vying for the title of Rock Girl for the next year. It's a $40,000 prize package, and we have these girls out on the campaign trail looking for votes from our listeners and kind of working the crowds at concerts and events leading up to the pageant. And then once pageant night gets here, you know, they've got the evening gown portion, the, the uh, swimsuit portion. It's typically a really fun gig, and I'm really happy you guys are a part of it.
1: Oh, yeah, we're, we're super stoked. It's going to be so fun.
0: Totally. Uh, one last thing. Speaking of itineraries, what's uh, 2020 got in store for Dirty Honey? What can you tell me?
1: Uh, well, um, we're going to do another headlining tour um, January, February. Um, that's going to take us all around the country. We'll be releasing uh, the dates for that soon. And uh, then we're going to go to Australia again um, and record some more music in March. Uh, and we're actually going to, I think we're going to do a couple festivals while we're over there also. Cool. And then we're going to come back and hop on somebody's tour, probably for the summer.
0: Awesome, man. Well, hey, we look forward to hearing some new music. I uh, love the six songs we've gotten thus far. Do you think it'll be another EP release, or are you guys looking to do, like, a full length?
1: Uh, you know, it really ends up depending on how much uh, material we get written um, by the time we get to Australia and um, how much time we have over there, because I know, like, we begin to offer to do more gigs, so that might cut into our recording time. Sure. Um, so... I can't tell you one or the other right now. All right, man. Well, that's
0: that's a good problem to have, my man. Thanks so much for your time, Justin. Really looking forward to December 4th and seeing you guys headline our Rock Girl pageant.
1: Yeah, great chatting with you, man. Thanks for having us.